Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're gonna be going in-depth into my 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week 8 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at Notorious FNTSY. And if you want to check out my weekly rankings, as well as get an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure you check out the Patreon link in the video description and in the pinned comment for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week 8 of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my number one waiver wire ad for week number eight. Donta Foreman running back of the Chicago Bears going up against the LA Chargers this week in LA. Donta Foreman is currently owned in 48.7% of leagues on ESPN and 62.6% of leagues on NFL. Now I do understand that while Donta Foreman is owned in a majority of leagues, there are going to be some leagues where he is available. He is not owned in over 50% of leagues on ESPN. So if he is available in your league, maybe you play in a 10-team league, or maybe you play in a league where not everyone is as sharp, Donta Foreman is a must-pickup player this week. Now, we're only going to talk about him for a couple of minutes here because he is owned in a majority of leagues, but I think my point will get across here, even if it is in short term. Donta Foreman running back one on the week in PPR this week prior to Monday Night Football. This video is recorded and posted before Monday Night Football Vikings versus the Niners. Donta Foreman up against the Raiders with Tyson Begent as the starting quarterback of the team. They dominate the Raiders 30 to 12 and Foreman was insane in the membrane 16 carries for 89 yards 5.6 yards per carry and two touchdowns don't worry he also scored a third touchdown because he got a receiving touchdown on three receptions on five targets for 31 yards now I know I've made comments about how Donta Foreman is slow the guy runs at the speed that old people fuck right I talked about how he's slow this that and the other thing well he has completely and utterly proven me wrong. And I'm not someone that suffers from take lock, right? If I shit all over Dante Foreman, I am not going to just continue doing that if he performs. He has looked good two weeks in a row. So I'm ready to acknowledge that, hey, I was wrong about Dante Foreman. And Dante Foreman is a must-add player this week against the Chargers. Even if Roshan Johnson plays, I am starting Dante Foreman with complete and utter confidence this week against the Chargers. Someone even commented on my defense to stream video that you should check out, defense to stream for week number eight, being like, this guy's an idiot. He told us that Roshan was way better than Dante Foreman. Well, I thought that Roshan had a lot of juice. I still think that. I think he's better at cutting, better than doing a lot of things than Foreman. But when a player absolutely takes a deuce on a defense like Foreman did last week, there is no way in hell that the team just gives the keys to Roshan if he plays. So Dante Foreman up against the Chargers, must start running back, and the number one waiver wire pickup on the week. Next up, we move to Josh Downs, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts, going up against the New Orleans Saints. 34.5% owned on ESPN, 23.2% owned on NFL. We've been talking about Josh Downs ever since Anthony Richardson 
Garden ended up going down, and that is because Gardener Minshew loves to feed the rock to Josh Downs. Wide receiver three on the week in PPR, week seven versus the Browns. They lose that game 38-39. to The refs kind of had a hand in it. I know I try not to be one of those guys that just shits on the refs all the time, but... Kind of felt like the refs played a hand there. Kind of felt like the refs played a hand against my Dolphins. And the same thing could be said for the Rams versus Steelers game. In that game against the Browns, they lose. But man, oh man, did Gardner Minshew look good. The man was looking surgical in that game. Five receptions on six targets for 125 yards and a touchdown. Do I think that Gardner Minshew is always going to play like that? Fuck no, baby. Because even up against a tough Browns defense, he looked good, right? The Saints defense... I think they're pretty good, but still, Gardner Minshew is going to continue to feed the ball down this guy's throat. Six or more targets in three straight games, and in all three of those games, he had at least five receptions. I'm very confident in Josh Downs, and I even said this last week. Josh Downs, as well as Michael Pittman, can coexist. I do believe a majority of times... That Michael Pittman's going to outscore Josh Downs, but Josh Downs, just like last week, can outscore Michael Pittman and has an immense repertoire, a big skill set. He was a guy that we talked about coming out of the NFL draft, and he is a guy that I certainly think needs to be owned in a majority of leagues next week. If he has a good game, which I think he will, I don't even think he's going to be able to crack the waiver wire ad video because he will already be owned in so many leagues. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad number three. Now, the number three guy and the number four guy, you can debate who you want to rank higher, in my opinion. Really just depends if you need a wide receiver or if you need a running back tank. Dell, wide receiver, the Texans going up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. 48.4% owned on ESPN, 28.9% owned on NFL. A lot of people drop Tank Dell because he has missed a game with a concussion in week six and the team was on bye in week seven. So a lot of people who suffered from the bye Mageddon where their team was just ravaged by the bye weeks, they kind of had to trim the fat and Tank Dell might have been a casualty of that in your league. Last game, like I said, The last game he was there was week five up against the Falcons. He missed week six with a concussion and they were on bye in week seven. I would be shocked if he wasn't out there this week against the Falcons or against the Panthers. I should say his last game was against the Falcons. So week five at Atlanta, they lose 19 to 21. Tank Dell, three receptions on four targets for 57 yards, as well as two rushes for negative four yards. That's not the best showing of what Tank Dell can do because we've seen it this season. Tank Dell is the type of wide receiver that has weak winning upside, game breaking upside, like he's playing in NFL Street, right? Tank Dell has the upside to take your team over the top ropes and hit them with a fucking RKO like your name was Randy Orton. The matchup against the Panthers will have you salivating at night. This is a wet dream matchup for Tank Dell. I get that him and Nico Collins are going to be somewhat inconsistent. I 100% understand that. But based upon sheer upside alone, plus his skill set, Tank Dell is a guy that if is available, you need to not just walk, run to the waiver wire to pick him up. At number four, we got Darrell Henderson Jr., running back of the LA Rams, going up against the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's World. 12.1% owned on ESPN, 7.9% owned on NFL. Now, when it comes to Darrell Henderson, Darrell Henderson 
on Sunday, all everything that I read was pointing towards all things were pointing towards Darrell Henderson being the guy. Now they have Royce Freeman and they have Zach Evans, but Zach Evans, a guy we talked about in the waiver wire ad last week, I talked about how, Hey, Zach Evans is the guy to add right now, but come Sunday, my tune might be completely changed. I might tell you that I like a different running back, and that was the case because they brought in Darrell Henderson. What a week for Darrell Henderson. I believe last week he signed with the XFL, and then a couple days later, he's back in the NFL as the lead back of the Rams. Now, this isn't going to be a Cinderella story of Darrell Henderson being locked and loaded as the RB1 on the Rams going forward. Because I think once Kyron Williams returns, he will retake the throne as the lead back on the team. But until then, until Ronnie Rivers comes back, Darrell Henderson is going to, in my opinion, be the guy. Looked good last week against a pretty stout Steelers defense, running back 16 on the week in PPR. They did lose that game 17-24, to but I still don't understand how the Steelers got that first down. I really don't get it. I was even looking at it like later in the day, replaying it, and it made no fucking sense. 18 rushes for 61 yards, 3.4 yards per carry, and a touchdown, one reception on two targets for five yards. Again, Darrell Henderson came from the street. He was signed just a couple of days ago. And he outsnapped Royce Freeman and Zach Evans. Darrell Henderson, 57% of snaps last week against the Steelers. Freeman, the Rolls Royce, 43%. And Zach Evans, zero. Darrell Henderson is that guy. Now, if you want to add Freeman, you're real down bad at running back, right? Your running backs are injured, this, that, and the other thing. I know there's been a shit ton of injuries. Then go ahead and add Royce Freeman. But if I was to tell you, if I had to pick one, it would easily be for me, Darrell Henderson. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad number five. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button down below if you're new. And whether you are new to the channel or not, hit that like button. It does really help me out a ton. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver of the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. 24.1% owned on ESPN, 19.4% owned on NFL. Now, I am hesitant to say that I am insanely confident in Kendrick Bourne because of the fact that, to me, Mac Jones is still Mac Jones, and there's a chance that both Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey suit up on Sunday for the Dolphins. Now, that might be a pipe dream. That might be something out of the ordinary. I don't know if Jalen Ramsey is actually going to come back or not, but I think it is something to mention. With that said, though, while I am still somewhat nervous, knees weak, arms are heavy, Kendrick Bourne has had two big games back-to-back, so I have to give him his flowers, and we did see him spike early on in the season. So Kendrick Bourne has been a guy that has been just held hostage, handcuffed by the Patriots offense. Wide receiver 14 on the week in PPR tied with Jackson Smith Najigba and Michael Pittman. JSN was not included in today's video, but if he is available in your league, he's also a guy that I would probably pick up just like Royce Freeman. So, hope you get that. Jackson Smith Jigbo was owned in so many leagues that Dante, he made Dante Foreman's, what was it, Foreman, 48.7%, 62.6% look like nothing. Right? That's how many leagues JSN is just chilling on someone's bench, or maybe people played him last week because once DK was ruled out, that really kind of 
to me at least signified that we have to see more JSN. Back on to the actual point of what we we're talking about here though. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver 14 on the week, like I said. Why, uh, week seven against the Buffalo Bills, they won. This was a miracle. Now, did I tell you that I saw this coming? Not necessarily. I thought that the Bills were gonna take the Patriots out back and get them whacked, Tony Soprano style, right? I thought that the Patriots were going to call uncle and the Bills were going to steamroll them. But I did mention last week also that the Bills do get into these tendencies where they might just skid out. They might just start sucking donkey cock in terms of what they're doing out there on the field. And then eventually they will kind of reclaim that former glory. Born, six receptions on seven targets for 63 yards and a tug. Like I said... Back-to-back games with a huge performance against the Raiders the week prior. 10 receptions for 89 yards. Now, am I going to have him ranked super highly against the Dolphins? No. But there is something to be said about what I always talk about. When a player is on fire NBA Jam style, when they start putting up multiple big games in a row, you almost have to just take the chance the next week even if it doesn't feel great you know you start shivering a little when you put them in your lineups i know it's getting a little bit nippy out there getting a little bit cold but i still like kendrick Bourne this week even if it does scare me a little moving to waiver wire add six of the week we got Taysom hill tight end of the new orleans saints at the indianapolis colts as long as your league has Taysom hill listed as the tight end you need to pick him up at this point 5.6 percent owned on espn 5.2 percent owned on nfl tight end five on the week in ppr week seven versus the jaguars they take that loss which could have easily been a win potentially if foster moreau caught that pass but it is what it is it's not like that is the sole reason why they lost though because There were multiple situations where the Saints, Derek Carr mostly just fucked everything up. Uh, Week 7 against the Jaguars, L24-31. Five rushes for 18 yards and a touchdown. Four receptions on five targets for 50 yards. While I still do believe that Taysom Hill is a risky bet week in and week out, something that the team started to do recently is use Taysom Hill like an actual tight end. Prior, you would see Taysom Hill go out there, maybe just throw a pass, you know, throw a touchdown, or they'd get to the goal line, and instead of the Eagles tush-push, they would just hand it to Taysom Hill, they would have someone block for him, and magically, he's just in the end zone. And if you were an Alvin Kamara owner, what happened last week against the Jaguars, but if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, or if you're, you know, Chris Olave guy, or Michael Thomas, you're like, fuck, why did they just throw it to my guy? But recently... They started using Taysom Hill, not just as that guy that can run the ball, but as a guy that can catch the ball. The targets have been there for him. And the Colts defense looked a little submissive last week up against the Browns. Now, I know they made plays, but P.J. Walker looked good against them. So I think it is entirely possible that Taysom Hill has yet another good game again. I fully understand that when you play Taysom Hill, he's not that guy that you just wrap a condom over your team. You put that Durex, that Trojan, no free ads over your roster, right? He's not that safety net. He could get you three points. He could also get you 25. But with the tight end position being so fragile outside of like the top six to eight guys, Taysom Hill at this point feels like if you're sitting there every week and you're like, fuck, do I play Tyler Higbee or Taysom Hill? At this point, I'm taking the shot in the dark 
on Taysom Hill. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad number seven, Imari DiMarcado, running back of the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Baltimore Ravens, 15.7% owned on ESPN, 6.9%. Very nice, I like, percent owned on NFL. But before we get on into Imari DiMarcado, as well as the other three waiver wire ads all the way up until the 10 must-add waiver wire pickups of the week, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys today that we're going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So we're going to be talking about tonight's game in the NFL Monday Night Football, 49ers at the Minnesota Vikings. You need to make at least two picks for you to be able to complete your pick'em slip. So first, we are going to go with Brock Purdy, higher than 239.5 passing yards. I know he had a disaster-filled game last week against the Browns. I think he bounces back in a strong way up against a not-so-hot Vikings defense. And then you have to include one player from the Vikings. So it has to be at least one player from the 49ers and at least one player from the Minnesota Vikings. And then we are going to go with higher than half an interception for Kirk Cousins. So if Kirk throws at least one interceptions, this will hit. So we got Brock Purdy higher than 239 and a half passing yards and Kirk Cousins higher than half an interception. If these both hit, you will get three times your entry fee. If you do three picks, it's six times. Four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Obviously, all the picks have to hit. If you live in one of these states that are listed on your screen right now and use promo code NOTORIOUS, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, you'll get an additional $100. 50 additional $50, $25 additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things... Amari DiMarcado, again, going up against the Ravens, running back 20 on the week in PPR, tied with A.J. Dillon. Now, what happened this week for the Cardinals confused me. It probably confused every single person. I told you guys to start Keontae Ingram. Now, I wasn't someone giving him the gawk gawk 9,000. I wasn't someone telling you guys that, oh my god, you have to start Keontae Ingram. But there was a lot of people, like myself, who were stuck in situations where your running back core is fucking decimated. They're injured. They're on bye week, and you're like, fuck it. I got to play the Cardinals running back even up against Seattle. So you play Keontae Ingram. Because while everyone was talking about Imari DiMarcado prior to week number six, talking about how he's got the juice, how he's that guy that has a lot of upside, which I thought he was riding the pine in week six. So it was like, okay, we saw Imari DiMarcado run good in week five. He got fucked over in week six. So week seven, it's got to be Keontae Ingram. Just has to be, right? That is the only thing that would make logical sense. No, that's not what happened. Week seven against Seattle, Imari DiMarcado is the guy. And I use the Italian accent. I doubt he's Italian. I don't think he's Italian, but in my head, he is. DiMarcado, he lost 10 to 20. Spanked by the Seahawks. 13 carries for 58 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. Very good. Four receptions on five targets for 17 yards. Also good. The snap counts were very good. DiMarcado, 80% snaps. Damian fucking Williams, 18%. Keontae Ingram, zero. Now, 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 I don't think that Imari DiMarcado is the answer for most people. I think in a lot of situations where maybe your running backs are healthy and there's no players on by this week, you can, you know, roll through the week without having to throw Imari out there. But 
if you're in a situation where your running backs are down bad, you might have to take the shot on DeMarcado, knowing that the coaches there might just do a complete nutter one fucking 80. Gannon might do a 180 and just play Keontae Ingram next week. Again, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel good. But DeMarcado is really pretty solid, in my opinion. So I would definitely pick him up. And then once James Conner comes back, you don't have to worry about this shit again. You just start James Conner every week. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad number eight. Arizona Cardinals teammate, Kyler Murray, quarterback of the Cardinals, going up against the Ravens this week. I don't think he's going to play, though. 22.6% owned on ESPN, 28.3% owned on NFL. Kyler practiced last week ahead of their matchup against Seattle. I talked about the second Kyler Murray was activated on Twitter. I said, don't walk, run, skedaddle to the fucking waiver wire to pick up Kyler Murray. Him returning from the pup triggers the 21-day practice window for the Cardinals to decide whether he's coming back or bye-bye, Kyler. Sit on the bench. You ain't playing, right? Shut him down for the rest of the season. I believe that he will be activated soon. I get that coming off the injury that he sustained, there's a less likely chance that he goes out there running the ball a million times. I used to make this joke all the time, which I hope I can make this season because I hope he starts running and I hope he plays, is that Kyler Murray runs the ball like a child who has stolen someone's phone. So if you've ever been like around like my age, like there's like cousins that are young, they snag your phone and they fucking run like this and the phone is like flying around. That's how Kyler holds the football when he runs. Now I know you can't really see because my arms aren't in frame, but I hope you understand what I mean. That's how he runs the ball. And if Kyler is able to run, This is going to be great. Again, we've seen Dobbs succeed in the system. Kyler Murray is levels ahead of Dobbs. Dobbs can't even hold his jockstrap. So again, there is some slight risk with this pickup because you might pick up Kyler and he might not play this season. But I think if you wait and say next week he plays, he's going to be like the number one waiver ad. So make sure you snag him beforehand. And in a lot of leagues, you can pick him up and throw him on the IR. So that's even better. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad number nine. Dalton Kincaid, tight end of the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills up against the Bucks. Thursday night football, 31.3% owned on ESPN, 39.7% owned on NFL. Tight end six on the week in PPR, week seven at New England, 25 to 29 loss, eight receptions on eight targets for 75 yards. As a Dolphins fan, again, I don't try to talk about everything from a Dolphins standpoint, obviously it's a fancy football channel. But as a Dolphins fan, it felt good, you know. The Bills lose, so the Dolphins still number one in the AFC East, so it feels good. Now, this is going to be frustrating still weekly, right? Every single week, it's going to be hit or miss because, you know, there's the trials and tribulations of Josh Allen that you have to deal with and the woes of the offense, but you also have to deal with the fact that Dawson Knox is still there. Now, to me, it feels like Knox is still running, he's still out there, but... Kincaid's the guy that's getting the targets. Kincaid's the guy that is running the useful routes. And with how this Bills offense kind of is pretty up and down the red zone, you would have to think Kincaid starts to get more red zone opportunities. Again, am I saying that Dalton Kincaid is the safety net to throw into your lineup every single week? Fuck no, baby. But what I'm implying is that there is so much shit at the tight end position. 
There's so much risk at tight end that you might as well just take the risk on the guy on an offense that should turn things around. That could be one of the most prolific offenses in the National Football League to close things out. We got Latavius Murray running back of the Bills going up against the Bucks. 25.4% owned on ESPN, 3.6% owned on NFL. Running back 41 on the week in PPR. Week 7 up against the Patriots in New England. Lost 25-29 to again. That was a loss, I think, in a game where they're winning more handily when they hop back on the saddle, which they will. Like, again, I was never someone, we talked about this even early on the season, that was a huge believer that the Bills are like this Super Bowl contender. They're going to make the playoffs? Could they win the Super Bowl? Yeah. But I I think a lot of people were still kind of riding the wave of of the Bills when I kind of like jumped off slightly, you know? I still liked Josh Allen for fantasy, still like Stephon Diggs. And James Cook, but the other pieces were kind of worrying for me. So, again, in that game, they lose four rushes for eight yards, two receptions on two targets for 20 yards. Obviously, nothing special out of Latavius, right? But if you're just a stat watcher, you're not going to actually understand how the, sh- the game went, right? If you're just looking at the, oh my God, he had eight yards and then 20 receiving yards, that's not how you got to look at things. You got to look at the snap counts. James Cook, 52%. Latavius, 45%. So with Damian Harris out of there and them seemingly rumor about Uncle Leonard Fournette signing there is wrong, Damian Harris on the IR means that we're going to see more Latavius going forward. And if they're in games where they're coasting to victory, you can easily see Latavius fucking hitting a move. Yeah, no, Latavius doesn't really hit some fucking move and juke a defender out of his socks. But you get what I mean? Just walk right into the end zone. Because it seems like when they get close to the red zone, they kind of fade away from James Cook. So that gives Latavius Murray touchdown upside. Again, is he a must-start running back every week? No. But if you're down bad at running back, there's a guy that you could play with upside and is a solid bench piece. Because if something was to happen to James Cook, knock on wood, we don't root for injuries, then Latavius Murray could ascend to fantasy football greatness. But before we exit out of here, I would like to ask that you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button whether you are new to the channel or not. If you have any questions about players that I did not name, maybe a lot of these guys are taken. You have a question about another player or maybe a quarterback, right? Because I only talked about Kyler. Maybe you need a quarterback to stream this week. Let me know down below in the comment section. Check out the week eight defenses to stream video that I dropped a little bit earlier. Tomorrow, we'll be back with running back slash wide receiver start sits. Again, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed. I love you guys all so much. I hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. Let's have a great one. I love you guys so much. And let me know in the comments if you guys have players going tonight. If you need a miracle, let me know those players. So I love you guys. Have a great one. And as always, good boy!